The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. We got a cup of coffee in here, please. Got it. Oh boy, 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 oh boy. Good morning, folks. I just said oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy a lot. Anyway, it's Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. Hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here. Um, Jason Cruz, young comedian from Morgan Hill, California will be joining me today. Jason looks like he's barely out of high school. I was going to say junior high. Very baby-faced young comedian. Looking forward to it. We're very proud of uh, one thing that we've done right here is give young comedians an opportunity to get more exposure, get some, you know, media time under their belt probably the first interview ever doing. Now, I don't think this is Jason's first interview. I think he's been on other podcasts, but we have done many, many first interviews recently with young comedians. So it should be interesting to get to know Jason. I hope you'll stick around uh, for that. There's some things coming up on the governor's um, podcast uh, network. Well, for live events locally, Jones Beach, if you're not aware, in Long Island, Jones Beach is the major concert venue uh, for the summertime here on Long Island. And uh, the hosts on all the Governor's uh, Podcast Network are going to be doing some events at some shows pre-concert at the uh, Jones Beach uh, Bandstand, which is right by the Jones Beach Amphitheater. So and getting to meet the public, uh, and there will be some tribute bands performing and things like that. I'll keep you informed. I just got I just got notified about it last night. I'll find out about it more today. But um, I'm thinking we're going to be there now. My challenge is a lot of these things happen when I'm personally gigging otherwise elsewhere with the band or acoustic shows and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I think there are one or two dates on there that I am going to be able to make. So look forward to uh, letting you know about that. If you're in the tri-state area, be great if you can come out if uh, if and when I get you the dates. And I will be doing that tomorrow probably. Um, last night, after, well, first of all, I had a very interesting show last night. Shannon Lynn Harwood uh, has a book out called Currency. And uh, raises a lot of issues with what's really what's really the problem at the uh, core of uh, the society and the world we live in today. Our value system, what we value, how we how we look at the world. Now, the book is radical in some of it's a speculative fiction book, but it's speculative fiction written by a shaman. 
yes, a shaman. And uh, never talked to a shaman before last night, or at least didn't know it. Now I found out that I actually could be a shaman, <laughs> according to the definition I got last night. But the book raises some really, really um, provocative solution-based ideas uh, towards um, making the world a better place. Now, uh, politically, that probably won't fly. Probably won't fly. Um, There are too many obstacles, too many borders, too many politicians, too many powerful people, too much money, uh, too much disparity in wealth to ever let some of these solutions happen. No, she, obviously she wrote the book. She's got to have a a vein of optimism in her body somewhere. And she did seem fairly optimistic for, uh, for humanity, for the state of the world. Me, I'm more of a realist, a pessimist, uh, a pessimist who tries to be a realist or would love to be an optimist. I can't seem to find my way there. Um, We did kind of come to an agreement on the fact that most most of the problems we face have to do with the idea of nationalism. Borders. We live in a world, one planet, where we divide up places and according to imaginary lines and we're going to say these are the rules for society on this side of the line and it's different rules for society and humanity on that side of the line now my contention is as long as we ha- have a divided planet in such a way war and conflict will be inevitable and maybe that's part of the you know ultimate design of the planet it's just conflict is inevitable um We've seen that as the history of humanity so far, and it doesn't seem like uh, anything really could make that go away, but especially when we have so much nationalism, not just American nationalism either, nationalism in every small country, every large country, all over the world. We draw borders and resources and uh, things get divided up, maybe not equitably, and this is where most of our conflict comes from. And, you know, I've said this many times, and it's a, believe me, it's not an original thought at all. But the idea that um, the closer we get to contact or realization that we are not alone. This is not a unique accident, planet Earth, and the, and the human beings or, or the living intelligent life, you want to call us intelligent life, on this planet are probably, I mean, odds are, we're not alone in this universe. And so we, uh, if we're going to continue to think of ourselves as a divided planet, we leave ourselves vulnerable. You know, when you talk about conflict, what are we talking about, you know, with different worlds? Those lines just become farther apart, but they're still there. And so united, we stand, departed, divided, we fall. Uh, 
So I'm a globalist. And that, you know, globalism, depending on who you talk to in this world, can be branded as evil, can be as corrupt, as weak, all sorts of um, negative descriptions on on how you look at it. But I don't think humanity can survive until we realize, on this planet, until we realize we're all one people, one planet, and learn to live together. Do I think that can ever happen? No, that's why I'm a pessimist. But it's a, uh, the book is called Currency. I would uh, strongly advise you to check out the conversation we had last night. Check out the book, uh, currencythebook.com. Interesting stuff. So after the program, uh, I went on because uh, I was doing the publishing, and I go I go back and forth to YouTube to kind of make sure the audio podcast is aligned correctly, all the information is aligned correctly with the YouTube stuff because that's that's where my business is, folks. And so going back and forth to YouTube, and then I published it the audio podcast, and. For some reason, I went back into the, my old bucket on YouTube and was looking at my old videos that I have on YouTube. And I came across the being Lisa Polizzi uh, playlist. Now, for those of you who don't know, and that's probably most of you, about three and a half years ago, uh, and this was before the pandemic and stuff, um, I just decided that well, uh, let me tell you, Lisa Polizzi is a local singer here who is in many bands, leader of many bands, hardest working young woman ever in the history of show show business. She's just like, she's a real go-getter. And she understands what so many people, uh, you know, lead singers especially of bands, don't get. It's all the work behind the scenes that, that goes into it. Because she puts her bands together, she runs them, she books them, she manages, you know, all of this logistics of it, her and her partner, James, who is the sound man, light man, and everything else for it. So I decided to do a MTV-style, behind-the-scenes, daily, uh, weekly, weekly half-hour called Being Lisa Polizzi, and it was a pull the curtains back on the life of a uh oh jamie's popping in jamie yeah go for it go 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 what what are you doing what are you doing go go live carl huh who are you talking to yeah go in go in go in what's going on here i'm getting attacked getting raided spammed anyway um so it looks like that calm man is back there too. Wow, look how handsome he looks. What the fuck happened? Yeah, you got a pasty tan. What's going on? We thought we'll eating something's broke for three months. Something's broke. Carl looks good. Yeah. Um crashed the fucking internet with his handsome um uh, ex Brazilian look. He looks good, man. Yes, and he's pointing his finger at me. Now, I have to say, before I'm just on a, talking about Lisa Parisi, but before I go back into that, I have to say, Carl and I are uh, going to um, um, butt heads here over uh, John Hinckley at some point. Carl, Carl is in love with John Hinckley. I hate John Hinckley's guts. 
and uh, we're gonna we're listen. Gonna I'm to just trying to support up, up and coming artists, man. I, you know, I don't know about people's history. Okay, well, here's here's the thing. I would support yeah. his I would support his music too if he if he published it under Bob Smith or Tom yeah. Baker. He's using his name to to get attention for his music and his name. The only reason people are interested in him is because he fucking killed the guy. Another Julian <laughs> Lennon. Yeah, but it's set now. Imagine. You got all these comedians. Let me put it in the in the comedian right. realm, and then they're losing attention to the to a guy just because, of, and he's not funny, but he's getting a name for himself and getting a special on Netflix and all that. Stuff that just already happened. That somebody. already happens. Who? Huh? Who? It's all subjective, man. Well, there are plenty of people who get specials who just, like literally just started comedy, then they get a special within six months. Yeah, but that not because they killed somebody. That's the only no, that's reason. Clear. <laughs> no, I, I, that's I, I, the I, only listen, reason. Listen, the, the real victim is Joe. We've all had problems in our past, you know. Let's just all I'm interested <laughs> in the art. If I listen, if I speak to OJ Simpson, I just want to talk about his movies and sports. No, you know what? I would, I would, I would. Uh, I have a very good plan if OJ would come on my on my show. Uh, on him. Yeah, well, I'd start him off, and I was thinking about how I would do it. I would start him off by saying that you know, he's responsible for the Kardashian success. And when he asked what I meant, I would say, well, nobody heard of, of the Kardashians until you you murdered your wife. And, and then uh, Robert Kardashian became famous, and then his daughters became famous. It's, the and I think- it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, Kardashian was in the news a lot, right? He, he yeah. was famous in his own right around the trial. Yeah, so what do I owe the pleasure of this raid here today, you guys? Well, just... we, we thought, first of all, I'm back in the UK, so we thought we'd come in in the same time zone. I've got a nice camera I'm, for I'm the sorry. first time in a while. I'm sorry to hear that. Good, <laughs> good oh, Wi-Fi. In the UK. Um, yeah, we thought we'd come in quickly and just tell everyone to go and watch The Last Rites tonight at 1 p.m. Eastern. Well, Who's your guest, John Hinckley? Let me guess. John Hinckley, Mark David Chapman, and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got... Uh, we've got um... <clears throat> yeah, Ed Kemper's going to be calling in from prison at one point. You know, yeah, it's really fun. Of, we've got... Um, his perspective on landscaping. Yeah, we're going to get Jodie Foster as the moderator as well. Uh, yeah. you Is know. she still alive? Or did yeah. he already kill her? No, she's she's still going, man. After the pinball incident, she's still alive. Pinball? Yeah. I thought it was pool table. What do you mean? What oh. pinball? Uh, is, is it a pinball machine or a no. pool table? No, no I think it's a pool, pool table. The accused yeah. is a pinball. There we oh, go. No, it's, pinball? It starts out on a pinball machine, right? <laughs> oh, it's got a pool table. This is yeah. of, a, Listen, as controversial as it is, it's one of the hottest, it's one of the hottest criminal scenes uh, in movie history. Yeah, yeah, of course. At the end of the day, you could argue the case she was uncomfortable on the pinball machine, and they were like, guys, guys, give us some comfort, you know? Yeah, the, the velvet of the pool table would feel much better on the back. No, you know the hottest rape scene in a non, <laughs> uh, non-pornographic, non well, it is borderline pornographic movie, but uh, Straw Dogs, the original Straw oh, Dogs. Oh, fuck, yeah, 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 the Dustin, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's fucking brutal, that is. What, what, I mean, what I mean by that is, obviously, let's just, it's not, none of it, none of that's really hot, but the scenes themselves, when you're 12 and you see titty, you don't know what's going on, really. You just see a tit hanging out. You're like, pause that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, the actress and the director both played them up like, uh, like the, I mean, in the Straw Dogs movie, especially yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. 
it wasn't truly rape because at some point she loved it. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was like a fucking um, it was her ex boyfriend, wasn't it? It was like they, they were they were partners, and then she came back with Dustin Hoffman from the states, and it was all yeah. We didn't intend to bring it here. We didn't know the conversation was going here. Yeah, yeah. Game it's of Thrones like, as well. It's like Deliverance, you know. It's like Deliverance. You could see John. Vogel That's a whole well. different kind of rope, there, Ned. Ned Beatty. Yeah, yeah. John yeah. Daenerys, Daenerys in Game of Thrones. Um, in the book, she's thirteen, um, and she she oh, yeah. gets forced upon by the by Carl Drogo until she likes it, and then she falls in love with him. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He gets sad when he dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, back to the movie thon. Uh, Predator yeah. tonight, six p.m. UK time. There's no rape in Predator, um, but you no, know there is some violence. There is some violence. Isn't it always six p.m. over there? It is always 6 p.m. there now, right? It's 6 p.m. at all times, and we only do things on the internet at 6 because it's only 6. We don't have any other time. Even when I was in Brazil, I had to do stuff at 2 because that's 6 here. Yeah. Everything's 6. And you're drinking beer already? It's only Diet Coke. It's only 6. Diet Coke. Not you, him. He's drinking. You're going to get a small penis from that. From that Coke. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely over the years. The amount of cans I've had has probably com- contributed to my uh, lower sperm count, and that's why, the, as far as I know, there's no. I, no I think diet coke has extra penis uh, minimizer in it. Like coke has penis minimizer, but diet coke they put extra penis minimizer. Yeah, there's no sugar in here, so the, whatever they put in to sweeten it probably shrinks your balls a little bit more. As they well. replace the sugar with penis extra yeah, penis so. minimizer. It's because only pussies drink Diet Coke and they don't want pussies breeding, so they just think, fuck it, let's just cut the sperm count yeah, that's tenfold. True. That's exactly what they do. I got a comedian on today that looks like he just, like, he, he hasn't lost his virginity yet. He looks like he's probably just out of junior high school, middle school, you whatever. Fuck him. Uh, yeah. And so, you know what? He, he, I know he's been at it for a couple of years. <laughs> name is Jason Cruz. He's from Midland, California. But he looks like a baby. He looks like he hasn't shaved yet. Yeah, well, that's... I mean, there's a lot... A huge portion of the the sort of comedy of sort of 19, 20, 21 year olds. And they all all look like little babies that you can just pick up and give them a little kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, how much can you ever... Well, I don't know. I think I was pretty funny at 19. <laughs> but not not professionally funny. Not like I could go on stage and do stand up. I didn't have like material or anything at nineteen. Uh, but I think I was a pretty funny person at nineteen. Funnier than I am now. Far funnier than I like am now. like class clown kind of behavior, which I was always that fucking idiot in school to be the funny. I, think, one. I wasn't I, really. I was super quiet at school. <laughs> I think you're willing to take more risks at nineteen and do things that are a little. Uh, Physically, I, I took more risks at nineteen. Like I did some, I, you know, yeah. in my teenage, I used to do things like hang up, hang by one hand over a railway track with a can of bag of beers in the other hand, and say, "Look at me," or jump out of windows on the first. Jump out of windows. Uh, when I was nineteen, uh, it was because my buddy Lou reminded me this the other day. We used to have. I was living in New Mexico, and we had a freight train that ran through my backyard towards Roswell. And we decided we always wanted to do we always wanted to do like the old hopper freight train hobo Jumping style freight train yeah yeah and we did and we were driving up into it was going through the mountains there a little bit and it started to get fucking freezing it was late at night and then all I was the oldest one I was nineteen everybody else was just eighteen 
and they were all like crybabies. <laughs> it's cool. And then so we were moving and they wanted to jump off the train. And the train was moving like 30 miles an hour and we jumped yeah. off into this rocky cliff and the guy broke his arm. Uh and did you manage you know, to get a train back or do you walk? No, we ha- no, here's what we do. Well, we're out in the middle of nowhere now. Yeah. And and the guy's got a broken arm, so we got got to get get him to a hospital. So we found an abandoned shed or uh, shack, and we went in there and we lit a fire in the shack while a couple of us went out to the road, which was about a half mile away, and hitchhiked till we could get a stop, and a truck stop, a pickup truck stop, and we were like six of us. So we finally now they got to come back and, and get us in in the shack, and we go out and get in the truck and pile in the truck in the back of a pickup truck, and it's fucking freezing out, and the guy's got a broken arm and he's bouncing in the back of a pickup truck <laughs> on mountain roads, and his arm is like ah. He's crying like a baby, and the guys are all crying because they're cold. And uh, we got finally got to Roswell, got him to a hospital. Next day, we got fixed up, and I'm um, driving back. This guy, we called this guy's mother, the guy who lived in Roswell, was going to drive us back to Portales. And driving along the road, we see uh, fire trucks everywhere. We forgot to put the fire out, and the place burned down. And not only did it burn down, it said historical landmark once uh, used as a hideout by Billy the Kid or whatever. <laughs> so, so what's uh, uh, what's the, what's the statute of limitations on? Burning? Oh, it, believe, in thirty years, I think I, I checked this out, <laughs> and it, it's over forty years ago now. So it's cool. not too bad. <laughs> That's great. We used to fucking like um, we a local supermarket on us. We used to like um, like. After school, we used to go there and wait for the, uh, the 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 lorries to come out, and we used to jump on the back, and then we used to get the traffic lights, and we used to jump off. But we did it once on a Sunday, and it turned, the lorry didn't stop or slow down on its way out because there's no traffic. Okay, so the lights were just fucking green. One of the lights, and we it just basically he just like fucking went to the car park, took the sharp corner where we usually jump off because there was no traffic. It didn't slow down. And we was like, oh, my God, clinging onto the back of this fucking truck for dear life on a fucking main stretch of road. How and fast we had, were you going? Um, it probably pushing 30 miles an hour before we realized this is getting fucking scary. So we just literally, we we got fortunate where he did start to slow down. And we bailed. We jumped off and we landed in this, this like a fucking huge shrubbery, just like one by shrubbery. one. Shrubbery? You'll buy me a shrubbery. It was it was um, good times. They were the best of times. They were the worst of times. Yeah, so f- physically, physically risks for sure. When when we were shooting yeah. now, now, now the physical risks are much less now. They sometimes happen, but Boy, they, I take risk in terms head. of saying things. Though I take I take risk in terms of doing or saying things that I wouldn't have done when I was young because I was too shy. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like I'm just gonna do this. Well, it was it was only six months ago when you did took a tumbler on the back of your head, so that, you were taking a risk then that, that night somehow. Well, the risk was getting out of bed with incredibly low <laughs> blood sugar after drinking half a bottle of bourbon for the first time in years. How was the flight? Stressful? Long. So the first one was delayed, but it was good because I had a big wait at the second airport, so I thought that cuts a bit of time off that one to break it up. And all I did with that, I ate a shitload of food. Philly cheesesteak burger and an Oreo milkshake like an animal. Beautiful. Um, the, the second one was 11 hours. It was a, it was long, I have to say. Bits of two, two and a half hours sleep, I think, in total. Didn't watch any movies. I listened to podcasts and ate. But I made friends with a Brazilian couple that were flying over. They uh, One of their seats wouldn't go back, and I was trying to help them complain. They got a free bottle of champagne out of it. 
Um, and we were drinking. Wow. Uh, yeah, Good champagne, just, decent champagne. No, nah, just whatever they've got on there. But I said to yeah. them, make sure you get something because you've paid a lot of money, especially with their economy, and the seat won't go back for eleven hours. I, I'd be getting big vouchers off them and all that kind of stuff when you get home. Eleven hours, holy yeah. fuck! Yeah. I would kill myself. Oh uh, my god! I'm gonna uh, find a way to get myself into 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 business class next time. I think there's, there's got to be a way. The flight was full this time; they couldn't even move them anywhere. The flight was just absolutely um, heaving. But yeah. Food, naps, podcast. I'm never flying anywhere unless uh, again unless I go first class. I I won't. I can't be like stuffed. They should just do the right thing and make every seat comfortable and enough space like first class. Well, they they used to, didn't they? But they, I think what happened was they got so greedy over the years. Even if they move each seat they like this, more people across in. Yeah, the plane, yeah. they can get an extra. They can get an extra row in at eight hundred dollars a a seat. Yeah. Right? There was talks about um, some one of the airlines in the UK might be EasyJet. There was talks that they were looking to like strip away at least half of the seats. But you know, like in theme parks, you have these roller coasters and you sort of standing up and you've got like a little ledge for your ass to go on. There was talks about making short haul flights. Up. Yeah, so you're sort of standing up a little ledge so you can cram more people in. I don't know. First class on this flight because they used to have your own little section, and now yeah. now what they do they double up so you get top to tail on each side, but so you get like two yeah. and two. So I could see that to... like on a shuttle, like from New York to Boston, which is like a forty minute flight or something, whatever. But not not like a. You're, you're a... still you're still in at least in the first class, but even though I think they put more seats in, you can still you at least you can still lay down. You have still got the leg room and the screens and the better food and all that stuff. But the um, yeah, I've also seen bunk beds where it's like you've got someone above you. I think they're planning to do on one of the airlines. <laughs> Which you know that might not be as that might not be as that bad wouldn't be terrible. That wouldn't be as bad as yeah, the the cramped in a seat like this for eleven. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, and these fucking pieces of shit because you're supposed to leave your seat up when you eat and when you take off, right? And this piece of shit in front, as we're taking off, you put your seat right back, and I've got little my legs are quite up against the seat anyway. And uh, yeah, the seat comes flying back. But every time he's, and he was one of these people that couldn't sit down normally. He had to slam down and then move around a lot. Fucking slob. Every, every time he sat down, I put my yeah. hands on the back of his seat to stop it going fully back. And he was like, why isn't it going back? I, was like, I don't know. Yeah. This is why you need to take a drill on the plane with a huge fucking drill bit, like Uncle Buck and just fucking. But yeah, I got a little bit drunk. The, 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 Sheward guy was great. He, he gave me extra beer. They had nice brew dog beers on there as well. Because you want more? Yeah, yeah. Just keep them coming. Had a few of them. Went to sleep. So, yeah, well, so last time I life. flew was probably uh, five or six, longer than that, even seven or eight years ago now. But uh, what I noticed with that change, even though I, I still I'm a, I'm a first class guy, I'll pay more. I'll pay through the nose to be comfortable. But what I noticed the difference is uh, from when I, I was when I was a kid, I would fly all the time, all the time, everywhere. And flight attendants, were, in those days, they called them stewardesses, were hot as fuck in those days. They made you want to just fucking, you know. They've had to, they've yeah. had to stop that. You just want to take your dick out and, and fucking masturbate in front of them. That's what that's. <laughs> I don't mind. Listen, no, I don't I, mind one bulldog on the flight, right? I, I think, okay, you get fairly good looking people because you've got to look at them for 11 hours. There's, there's normally yeah. one that I fall in love with, <clears throat> but I, I don't mind one older bulldog type because they know their shit, right? Oh. The younger, pretty one. You can need one that's been at it for thirty-five years. She's bitter, but she knows how to fix a seat, or yeah. she'll she'll use her discretion to help people out and that kind of stuff. I think you need one of those. 
Yeah. But yeah, they've changed that because of obviously you can't say you can only have attractive people working here, please. Things were way different when I was young. You had to get dressed up to go on a flight. Nobody does that anymore. People go in like their underwear now. Yeah, well, um, jo- Joey Diaz talks about that a lot in the 80s, where it was more like a, it was a fun. You got up and there was a bar at the end. You could go up and down. No one cared. <clears throat> you just hang out, have a cocktail. Yeah, when the 737 first came out, uh, they had a piano lounge up. They had a little uh, upstairs in it, and there was yeah. a piano lounge in it. I, re- I remember going, and I was like eight or nine years old hanging out up there. Uh, but again, fucking hot women, because they were all dressed up and and Things dolled up. up. Yeah. Nine years old, my little Woody on the in the piano lounge. Um yeah, yeah. So, what are you guys gonna do today? You, do you have guests, or it's just the two of you, just like? Uh, no, we've got Brett, Brett Brock, and then we're gonna have. Uh, we're basically gonna. It's basically just gonna be a podcast tonight, but we're gonna be watching a movie. The rest you can go fuck yourselves, unless you want to watch it with us. We're gonna do stuff on Twitch later, another day, where we can have a watch party on that. Um, but we've you can only do that on certain titles, and we just want to do Predator, so we're gonna watch it. Everyone can sync it up if they want, or later on, or if not, or it's still a podcast because we're still going to be talking. We're not just going to be sat back and watching the movie. We're just going to be talking about it and making ridiculous comments. And then directly after, it's going to it's going to be short. So as soon as the movie's finished, we'll have five minutes. We'll stop it. But of course, because we're psychotic, we're going to go to another stream and 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 just be idiots and get nipple out. So the sound will be on for the movie while you're sitting there watching it. No, we'll have it on for us. People okay. can fuck off. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they just, you know, fucking download it, stream it themselves. Right. They where they are. Yeah, we'll let yeah. people know. We'll get Brendan. Bre- Brendan tried one of those. He, he he did it really well on the uh, that B man thing, whatever the, the World War Record podcast. And he did it really well. He kind of they were sitting in like uh, comfortable living room chairs, and there was the monitor behind them that showed the movie. While they were just sitting there, and uh, they had it on a screen in front of them, it was done well. Like it was well in, in 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 person. I think we can do something like that as well. But there are ways on Twitch we can play it. We can play it for everybody if it's from Amazon, but only the free titles. And this movie, you've got a rent, so you can't have it on on the Twitch party. So it's just, it's. I think they're tweaking that rule at some point. Um, but we'll just hang out on YouTube tonight, and we'll do what we can. If it's a clusterfuck, it's a clusterfuck. <laughs> we'll just get drunk. Um, but yeah. One o'clock. We're going to do lots of them. So the next one we will be doing just on Twitch. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll get onto that maybe every month or something. Maybe once a month we'll do one. Huh. So, yeah. You know, uh, a guy who here who is a friend who's going to be coming on the show, he just opened up uh, a uh, club in uh, Scarsdale, New York, and it only seats about 30 people, and he's getting major headliners in there. Um, wow. Um, Amazing. Uh, yeah, as it's, it's it's so I you know it's an intimate room to see somebody like you know Mark Norman. I bet I bet I bet they love that as well because it's it's a proper <clears throat> that's a perfect crowd. Well, Thirty to seventy seventy five is you can keep them so intimate. Yeah. yeah, and if you if you if you want to put your hand in your pocket and pay them, then you figure out the money, you figure out the deal. It's it's worth it. Yeah. It's you just can get them. You, yeah. I was looking at it with a friend last year. We can get comics from the TV. And that's probably what I'm going to do every few months. You can just pay them, get them in. Every doing it all the time, it's a bit more complicated. There must be some ways bringing money in. Is it just tickets, or has he got a deal with the bar? Who knows? Well, but the way they he's got it set up because it's such a small thing, and I think it's pretty cool the way he's got it set up. 
it's a small room where the comics are, but the bar is not, bar is only, you, you can't walk up to the bar. All waitresses have to go yeah. around to the other part of the building and get your drinks and serve your drinks. So that's, that's one good way of keeping the bar out of sight and using that space really well. The stage is so small that only one person could really fit on it. So I can't imagine even, you know, going comic to comic and then one guy introducing the other guy that both would be able to fit on the same stage. Yeah, and yeah. somebody like Joey Diaz would probably just about fit on the stage. <laughs> it sounds like an old school um, like Lenny Bruce kind of you know place the gig you know yeah but how you make it pay because these guys can't be can't come cheap you know because it depends, especially it depends, if they're traveling it, it depends what their ticket is. I mean what I don't know what they're charging for tickets I think $30 for 30 times 30 right yeah. so you're making a thousand, what, twelve hundred? Is it? I don't know. Fucking yeah, know. and then not on weekends. It's like Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it could also be the bar. It, it depends how many drinks the bar selling. They they might pay. They might put some money towards a headliner. And how how's he doing it? Is he getting one name in and then some cheaper acts? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Feature a couple of openers, a couple of local people. I don't know. If you if you can do it, if you get one headliner and paying properly you can fill the rest of the bill with much cheaper comics and that's what i would do but it's still good yeah i think i think it's a great thing and if scarsdale was any closer i'd be driving up there to see it already but it's not it's 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 on the other side of the city (laughs) north of the city was that about three four four hours is that something probably for me yes (coughs) yeah so you know, I'm I'm gigging like a motherfucker lately. So uh, I'm like you're driving all over fucking creation. It's it's exhausting. Summer days. Yeah. It's good I though, mean, right? If you're gigging that much, it looks like you're having a nice time as well in the summer. That beach party is going that went well. You did one on the beach the other the other night, yeah. Who? You done a gig on the beach the other night? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that looked like a fucking sweet old gig. Yeah, no, no, those beach gigs are incredible because you, you know they're gigantic venues. And people, it's not like crowded, even though there's like 1,800, 2,000 people there. It, you're not crowded. It, it's weird that you have enough space that you can have 2,000 people and nobody feels crowded at all. There's plenty of Is space. It's a different vibe at the beach. You would think everyone would be in a slightly better mood the closer to the sea, you get the sunset. And, and, but here's the thing. Now, there's an area where you go in and you're paying for expensive drinks and food and all that stuff. But everywhere around, if you don't go in this one area, you can sit like out in the parking lot or on the beach behind the stage or all over the beach and bring your own coolers and stuff. And so we get a lot of people doing that, you know, cheaping out. But I I would do the same thing. Like who's going to, you could either, here's a choice. You want to pay $18 for a Corona or you want to bring two cases of Corona for the same $18. (laughs) Yeah. People do it here, even at major festivals. If you live near the festival, like we got the Isle of Wight festival. My, My friend, she used to live, a mile away, so she'd go in a she'd go in a garden though, in a backyard, and just with her own barbecue and beer, and just listen to the festival. Uh, it's a bit yeah. different, but yeah, I get yeah, surround the place if you can, get on get on the cheap, and there's if as long as you get enough people through the door paying, everyone's going to get paid. And more weed smoking now because it's legal here. More weed, yeah. it's like right out in the open. I smoked <laughs> a joint on stage at the, for the last song uh, the other night. And nobody even noticed because that's how well, I, I did hear. I did hear there's um there's a weed van in Brooklyn. It's just some teenagers in a van that says weed van on the side. Oh yeah, yeah. By yeah. weeds. Yeah. And yeah. They, they're just trying to figure out what's legal and what's not. But apparently there was police cars opposite and they weren't doing anything. So 
Just, yeah, the locals don't enforce shit. The, the only problem with right now we're having with actual weed stores is, is in the, the legislature in upstate New York doesn't want to give or grant licenses. But no, none of the cops are enforcing anything anymore. Like you could be selling out of a van, no problem. You do, be do, selling you, out of do you a think van. that will change though? If if you do, when you when when more weed, weed stores open up and they're they're paying through the fucking nose for a license, like two hundred thousand or whatever it whatever it'd be. Do you think that then they would start camping down because people are paying so much money for a license? You got to get, you got to get rid of the kids in the van. Gotta, yeah, you have to. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it's not fair to the business people who are fucking investing so much. I didn't even think of it. And the guy, you know, who's going to end up paying for it? Me. I'll end up paying for it at some on some level. The kids um, in the van will still be selling weed. They'll just can't have weed van on the side of the van. They'll just be, <laughs> yeah. they'll just be a van. Yeah, maybe don't make it so fucking obvious. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but so before you guys came on, I was talking about Lisa Polizzi. Uh Now, Lisa, I did a show with her three years ago because she's the hardest young woman, working young woman in show business, bar none. I mean, she puts together, she has four bands she put together. She runs them all. She books them all, all stuff. So I did a, I was working on a show called Being Lisa Polizzi. It was like a, MTV documentary series, 30-minute weekly thing. And we got shut down because of uh, <clears throat> all the copyright infringements yeah. because she's doing a lot of cover stuff. She got, has a Janice Joplin tribute band, and Janice's people shut it, shut us down big time. But I put it out last night, and all of a sudden started getting a lot of attention. She's getting a lot of positive attention about a show that, you know, stopped being in production three and a half years ago. But... uh uh, I was because I she played with us this weekend and uh, she sang was Saturday night and Sunday night. Well, and, I'm on a page now. She looks uh, pretty pretty busy, pretty active. Yeah, pretty pretty. Uh, she's come a, a long way in. She's a she's a very strange person. I mean, and I say that in a good way, uh, and I admire. Her, but when she starts singing, like she's really shy and quiet off stage like she doesn't say a word she gets on stage and you could swear that she's possessed like something took over her <laughs> she's not the same I, I tell mikey all the time any minute now her head's gonna spin around spin around and she's gonna be like fucking reagan from the exorcist uh she she channels shit <laughs> and it's amazing spiritual transformation that happens with her so uh i was talking a little bit about her and we're gonna show some of those clips later on because she's She's an incredible person, but she's the she she's the reason that we got hooked up with Kiara. She because we when we play, especially these beach shows and stuff, uh, often uh, like her or Mikey will go out with the uh, wireless mics and get people in the audience to sing, and that's yeah. what she. That's how we found Kiara. She was out passing around those mics, um, but I got into. And which I kind of wish Kiera would be here today because I think the argument would be really good radio because she wrote, she texted me before we played the other night. Can we not have guest singers up tonight? It's like, you don't know. I said, first of all, you're forgetting where you came from. <laughs> I mean, you got, you were a guest singer. This is how, how you got the gig in the first place. But, uh, you know, you got to stop being so high maintenance and was yelling at her all and stuff. Cause, and, but I think that would be compelling radio. That would be kind of the friction among <laughs> among the yeah. band. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. You, should, you should Twitch stream your um, the band setup and stuff and just, just 
just just leave a camera there and let you guys go. And when you're having a real fight, you can have it right there and then. Just like, yeah. No we don't have anymore. a lot of real fights. We don't even talk to each <laughs> other when we're not on the gig. And it's but uh, that kind of stuff, like you know, I talk, I said to her. Now we got a couple of places got canceled that we, her and I play, and she was like paranoid that uh, people think we suck. It's like you don't hear. You got to stop being like that. You got to stop. This is summertime. This is part of what happens. They were indoor venues, uh, and everybody's outdoor on the beaches. Everybody wants to go to these outdoor venues that we have all over here nobody wants to be indoors and the clubs were losing money it's business sonny not personal <laughs> it's like you know what i would yeah. cancel bands too if i if just not taking in enough money to pay the bands but, yeah yeah but yeah. you don't deal with that with comedy never never not taking in enough money to pay the comedians because you don't fucking pay the comedians anyway they'll fucking yeah. work for nothing <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. After years and years, you can get like 50 quid. Yeah. Like 20, quid, 20, 20 to 50 quid, and then that's, that's your luck. That's your lot. Yeah. Who was Mike? Michael Keefe told me that feature pay has not changed since 1970. Yeah, I heard the same thing. I also heard that um, I think it's $20, isn't it? Or 50 Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's the same, but I also heard recently yeah. in the US that. They're even the clubs are even stopping the feature. They pretty much stopping the feature thing where they're developing an act on the feature level for a while until they can headline. They're pretty much stopping that. They're getting local people or they're getting people with just some followers to go on. But they don't. They just don't even have to pay them. This would be good stuff to to drill into young uh, Jason's head tonight because you know I, I'm thinking about a. I guess I'm guessing he's 20 years old, and uh, I, I could be wrong about that, but he doesn't even look 20. Just to wonder what his head is full of as far as imagination, imagining what the business is going to be like once he gets further into I guess it. I don't know. And some people, some people do do quite well quite early. So it's Eddie know, Murphy, Petty Prince. I can, those are the only two I can think of that, um, no, three of them. Eddie Murphy, Woody Allen, and Freddie Prince. I know those you're are really old about, references. You're talking about the doing very, very well. I mean, earning money from it, at yeah. least. Oh, um, yeah, you know, Tosh, Daniel Tosh said he did very well right from the jump. He said, basically, uh, he went right into making very good money at an early age. Now, he wasn't on television. I think the television show escalated him a big deal, but. Um, there's also less comics back then as well. Now there's probably ten times as many. Oh yeah, all vying for the same spots at every level. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell that to Joe. Tell that to uh, to my son Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Are <laughs> oh, you going to be? On... I, I forgot to check the poll from the episode we did. The poll. The poll was: Is 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 Matt Napo Joe Rogan's dad? Yes, no. I'll pull that up, Jamie. Joe, I am your father. <laughs> I am your father. Hey, maybe you should, maybe you should do it, but you can end up fighting him and then cut one of his hands off and then tell him you're his dad. Do it, do it, do it. Right. I gotta go and bail. I gotta I gotta do something else yeah. before I, <clears throat> I've got to bail pretty soon as well. I've got a couple of hours shit to do. Um Peace. But yeah, no, all all good. All good. Jamie, I'll give you a shout in a sec. Um doggy dog. He's telling us to get dog. the fuck out of there. No, we want to say honestly bye to your lo lovely people that you watch and leave your space for some guests and all that I'm, stuff. So I'm doing yeah. this for the people on the audio side. Of, I'm seeing. I'm just doing this for them, only for them. 
so they'll that, never know what you're doing. So we'll I know. Tell them they have, is, now uh, they have to come to the video and see what I come just did. Come on, watch the video if you want to see the, the, the outline of his penis because he stood up, gyrated at the camera right now in his leather rock trousers. Hell yeah. That's true. I think you guys killed my chat room today. Usually the chat room is filled up now. You guys normally, came in. I think it must be people away. that hate us because normally it's people that like us, but now, now they're like, no. Or they're so enthralled, they, they don't want to chat anymore. Hey, well, chat, true. engage. It helps. It helps. It helps. It helps. It helps. It does but, help. It does help. Um, uh, all right, get the fuck off my show yeah, then. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave the studio and um, we'll leave you to Thanks your time. show. But thanks for letting us crash in there. All right. What did I want to do? I wanted to play something. Uh, all right, I'm putting you guys out here. Get out, get out. Um, what, he put himself back in, that bastard. Um, I wanted to play, oh, the Lisa, Lisa clips, I would think I wanted to play. Why don't I play just a trailer uh, from, I think it's from the first episode, from the Lisa Polizzi, being Lisa Polizzi stuff. Let's see here. Uh, share screen. Bobbity, bibbity, bop, bop, bing, bibbity, bang, bang, boom. Here we go. Uh, maximize this sucker and play it. Oh, it looks like I. For me, it's more of a performance thing. If, if you know, I dabble in writing, but I don't think I would be um, happy just writing no. for people. I have to perform. I need the connection with people. Um, like at times where I thought about giving up, oh, you know, my boyfriend will say, you know, you could always sing in the house, like you always did. That only lasts for so long. But I need, I need to have that connection with people. It's just a, a different reward that way. I mean, right. I, I love singing, you know, alone. The joy is still there. But performing is just, I can't explain is it. I mean, you probably understand it. It's so different singing for people than it is just singing for yourself. enjoyed that little teaser that was a teaser from being lisa polizzi you can check out all the we only did six episodes but you can check out all six of them plus uh, outtakes and stuff like that on mind dog tv on their playlist being lisa polizzi i think i shared it on my facebook today i shared it somewhere uh check that out uh what's going on here um oh no leave me alone with that um i'm getting private messages from from weird people anyway uh <clears throat> show is brought to you today by daily high club daily high club that is what it sounds like for stoners stoners are you a stoner well i got a deal for you the daily high club is a subscription based but you can buy just individual items as well subscription based uh box they have a a box of goodies for stoners like you uh, that will come once a month. 
with things like vape pens and bongs and um, lighters, accessories, um, dab kits, all that kind of stuff, papers, unique papers, flavored papers, all kinds of goodies like that. Daily High Club uh, has over 15,000 subscribers right now. It's the premier uh, stoner subscription site on the web, dailyhighclub.com. Use the uh, promo code MINDDOG, M-I-N-D-D-O-G, when signing up. They collaborate with lots of people like Tommy Chong, Snoop Dogg, uh, and other famous stoners. And they have some specialized products that come uh, that they build or create in in conjunction with those uh, f- famous collaborators. So something you might want to check out, dailyhighclub.com. We're also brought to you by True Fire, and I'm going to play you a little bit of uh, True Fire commercial while I go get some refreshed coffee. And I uh, hope you'll stick with me, and I'll see you on the other side of the commercial. If I can just uh, hit it, here you go. True Fire. <laughs> Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire's style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations, and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. Sign up free for an all-access trial today. Some of that... um... Some of that language, invite musicality. I don't know what the fuck that means. But True Fire, it's a great way to uh, <laughs> to learn guitar. They also teach other instruments over there. Uh, you might want to check them out. TrueFire.com, link is in the description. Um, so, yesterday I said <clears throat> I was going to try not to get into social media arguments anymore. I think I've said that since I was first on MySpace, uh, whenever that was two two million years ago or something. Uh, but it can't can't seem to help myself. Now I'm not feeding it. 
once I, you know, I just, I put out, a, I just put out a tweet or a post or something like that. And people want to argue with that. I'm not giving back into it. I'm not prolonging it. I'm not giving back and forth. But I'm still saying stuff that pisses people off or make people feel like they need to argue with me. <sighs> Yesterday, it was about Biden's big announcement about getting the top Al-Qaeda guy. Now, on my take on this, I don't fucking, nobody, nobody is going to shed a tear uh, or mourn the loss. You know, good riddance. They got the guy, but um, they they killed a sheep fucking uh, terrorist. That's that's all. It, and oh, he's one of the plotters of nine eleven. Yeah, uh, was he sitting in with Bush and Cheney when they came up with it? All right, that's a whole conspiratorial thing. I don't need to go down there. But um, how do you know he was one of the planters? Who told you that? The same people that killed him. That being said, let's say he is one of the architects of nine eleven twenty one years ago. Um. He's just going to be replaced by the next guy. And you're not any safer than you were today. So all the, um, it's show business. And the television show is what I was complaining about. A lot of people just misinterpret that. Like, But, I got, you know, all right, television wasn't a thing in the 1940s. But when the Soviets found what they thought was Hitler, they didn't find, feel a need to go big television broadcast on all the networks because they were none but radio even we got them we uh, you know we're taking credit for getting the bad guy um and i thought you know what about the analogy between pearl harbor and 9-11 if i were a 30 year old 40 year old man and um they came back and said we finally got the guy who plotted pearl harbor would i give a fuck 20 years 30 years later 40 years later, whatever it is. So this is 21 years after 9-11. Most, there are kids who were born, went to school, went to college, and graduated since then. 9-11, how long are we going to hold on to that as the sacred moment in time? And we still don't know what really happened. All that aside... The television show is not necessary. You can put out a press release saying, we got the head guy in Al-Qaeda. He's going to be replaced by noon today. <laughs> uh, we're out to on the wrong hand. By noon today. The, <laughs> and basically, things will go on as normal. Now, do you feel any safer today than you were two days ago? Because if you do, you're, you're fooling yourself. Um, the threat of terrorism is always going to be there just because you get one guy that doesn't stop the the issue the issue is what is making people hate america so much that they want to terrorize us i mean that's that's what they they want to do terrorize us why we don't. We, as long as we don't address that, you can keep getting the, the top guy forever, and they'll be replaced. It's like a warehouse. They just roll out the next one. Okay, got him. Put the next guy in. And 
putting on a television show celebrating how we got that top guy just strengthens their resolve to have another top guy in the strike again. It's just ridiculous. But it's about selling you something. It's about selling you Joe Biden, whose numbers are fucking in the tank because nobody feels like he's doing anything for them and he needs something to boost his numbers. Well, let's get on television and say we got the top guy. How do you even know they got got him? How do you even know that? Just because they say it? It's just a whole fucking show, folks. And everybody who's falling for it, I've seen fucking Trump supporters standing up and applauding. Like, you realize that this is just a show to sell you Joe, Joe Biden? Come on. And if Trump did it, I'd say the same thing. Now, if you go back just a couple of years, Trump was taking credit for completely eliminating Al-Qaeda. They don't exist anymore. Well, was that a lie? Of course it was a lie. But not, Trump isn't the only one. Obama also made the same, same statements. And Bush, mission accomplished. We've seen 20 years now and four presidents more than 20 years, and four presidents taking credit for ending terrorism, ending ending Al-Qaeda. And it's still there. It's always going to be there unless we figure out what the fuck we are doing to create such hatred for America. And it all comes down to what I was talking uh, about before uh, uh, from what I was talking about last night's program about globalism and the problems we face as humanity, nationalism and the things that divide us as a world. I don't want to get on a soapbox about that. Read the book, Currency. But it's just true. I mean, these things are always, we're always going to have a world full of conflict as long as we divide things uh, by imaginary lines and haves and have-nots. And uh, we have... I was thinking about the wealth disparity last night because we have in, in the entertainment business here, and I, you know what? I'm not. I don't go to bed hungry at night. Thank God, I, I, you know, I have, I have everything I need. But there's a huge disparity between, and it's apparent here in the summertime because we get influx of billionaires and multi, multi, multi millionaires between those people and people who are just working day-to-day, week-to-week, paycheck-to-paycheck. And then you see people who have so much money that they literally don't know what to do with, but they're not going to part part ways with it. And I saw, I saw a guy who was definitely, if not a billionaire, a multi-multi-multi-multi-millionaire haggling overpriced about a car he was buying his daughter. And I thought, well, there you go. This guy, he's, he's got billions. He's haggling over nickels and dimes on a new car for his daughter. That's how, how you get to be that way, I guess. Money is, has to be your top priority, more stuff, more, um, and hold on to every last penny if you can. So if you got, if, See, that I would not be like that. If I were a billionaire, and got, I, this is why I will never be a billionaire, i just say, yeah, she wants the car, get it. Here's the money. Don't I don't even care what the fucking price is. 
haggling over nickels and dimes when you got billions. And meanwhile, there are people starving. Also, the you know, and I've talked about this, and I don't want to be too much of a fucking downer on this shit, but, and I, I am Joe Rogan's father, by the way. Um, the homelessness stuff, I think it's we're in, it comes down to the same, really, uh, the issue that, you know, I just talked about with terrorism. We, we're looking at the end result rather than the cause. So when we see homeless people in, in America especially, we look at it and we tend to be judgmental. Oh, my guest Jason should be here by now. He's probably sleeping and he's in, he's in California. But when we look at, I'll get to, I'll get back to him in a second. <laughs> I'm all over the map here. When we look at the problem of homelessness, a lot of people resent the homeless, the people who are on the street, the people who are destitute, resent them for being that way. That's fucking bizarre. Thing like they want to be there they want to be destitute oh how dare they fucking shit in my streets and and make my streets look trashy these homeless people they're the problem no the society that creates a situation where people find themselves living on the street in massive numbers that's the problem be mad at society for creating that problem not the individuals who are destitute and need help but we see so many and i know i'm going to come back to the joe rogan thing maybe him and tom segura i know it was a joke dark humor i get it maybe you should just shoot the homeless but at the root of that dark joke is holding the resentment and the the homeless people responsible for the problem it's not them. They didn't create the problem. Our system created that problem, and you find them a, an annoyance to your way of life. Some of them are not going to be helped in our system. We, you know, we have to understand that there are some people like, and I've talked about my personal struggles with trying to help homeless people, who Jean Valjean steal the candlesticks. That's probably an obscure restaurant. Who read Les Miserables anymore? Do they even teach that in school? Um, but <laughs> the the whole idea is, uh, you know, redemption. And can some of these people even be helped? Maybe not. But it's not their doing that this is part of our system. It's that global system of have and have nots. Uh, Jason's probably sleeping. I, I, sh- I knew I should have called him last night to remind him. Uh, Let's see if I can get through to him now and say, uh, I'm tired of these guests not showing up. Now, he gave me an okay. That was just uh, last night at 10.07 p.m. He said, okay, he's going to be on the show. Uh, This is now, I don't know if he's even up. It's probably, it's 7 a.m. where he is. Uh, And if you were 20 years old, would you be up at 7 a.m.? Hello, not. (laughs) Not. Uh, anyway, but I am getting tired of guests not showing up. You know, just don't make the appointment. It's easy. It's easy. Internet is down again in Bisbee, which explains a lot. That's where everybody is. Kelso, this was from four minutes ago. Kelso says, internet is down again in Bisbee, Arizona, with no estimated time for resumption of service. I expect better things from you. 
Sparklight Cares. I don't know who that is. Help me get to work before the U.S. economy collapses. Is the U.S. economy going to collapse? Um, I don't know. The trading deadline has uh, is just about to pass in Major League Baseball, and not one team has shown interest in me. Can you believe that? I mean, of course I can't hit, field, run, or even really fit into a uniform. Uh, but I would think I'd have some value, maybe as a mascot or something. Um, Mets have done nothing to uh, the sh- dismay of many, many of uh, my f- my friends who are Met fans. Oh, look, Lisa's on uh, on Twitter. I did not know that. I gotta I gotta follow her. Lisa Polizzi is on Twitter. I did not know. I did not know that. Anyway. Uh, people need to respect the dog. You're right. They do need to respect the dog, but they don't. Well, I, I don't. Some of them are disrespectful. Some of them, especially I think in today's case with Jason, I think he's just a young man. Listen, when I was 20, if you would have tried to wake me up at this time in the morning, it's 7 o'clock in the morning where he is, I would be a very nasty young man. (laughs) Uh, And young people treat sleep differently. Probably stay up late. uh, And waking up is never an easy thing when you're 20 years old. Teenagers to 20, I say 25, when you start to get a grip on that whole, okay, wake me up. You can wake me up. I'll allow it. But so he's probably sleeping through it. Doesn't mean to be disrespectful. It's probably accidental disrespect, but it's disrespect nonetheless. Anyway, tomorrow I'm fairly certain, <laughs> fairly certain that my guest will will show up uh, tomorrow. But you never know, do you? Um. <clears throat> anyway, uh, what should I do then? Uh, in the meantime, uh. Oh, you know what I want to talk about? You know what's uh, odd and ironic and uh, funny in a way? In a way. We spent, really, because I wrote a song about broken borders and did a video about it 20 years ago based on conservative talk show host, Lou Dobbs, who's not even around anymore. I don't think he's even on television anymore. I think he's been fired from everywhere he's gone. But he he had a series he was running 20 years ago called Broken Borders. Well, actually, more than 20 years ago, Bill Clinton's final years in office, he was running the stuff about how our borders, southern borders were broken. We need to fix our borders. And I wrote a song about it from the Native American perspective, basically using Lou Dobbs' words about white people's fear about different people coming into the, their homeland and changing their culture and, uh, you know, changing all the values and stuff. Take all those words and put it from the perspective of the natives who were here when the white people came here, and it, it fits. It fit perfectly. Maybe I'll play that at some point. But so we've been talking about immigration and people who come into America illegally Got to keep these people out. Got to keep the people out. Secure our southern border. Now, turns out 
that because the economy is so fucking upside down, that people who can work remotely, you know, work from home, finding it expensive to live in the United States and work from home, are all uh, going to Mexico City, and they've had an influx of Americans to the point where it's like a they're looking at it like a quiet insurgent. They got a fucking gringo problem. These damn gringos coming down here. It's it's kind of funny that we spent the last six years since Trump came or seven years now since Trump first came on uh, the scene with his build a wall, make Mexico pay for it, keep the Mexicans out, and the Mexicans Mexico is now having an American problem, a gringo problem. Keep these fucking gringos out of our country to take it over. Because you can keep your job in America as long as you have an internet connection. Go down to Mexico City where it's extremely cheap cost of living and work from there and make American money. It's not, first of all, it's not, if, if you're an American nationalist, that's not good for our economy. All the money is going down there. They're spending it locally down there. But they're getting to keep more. Beating the system. But the Mexicans don't like it. Fucking white people. Keep these fucking white people out of my fucking country. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love it. You, the irony of it, like, you couldn't make that up. But there it is. It's in black and or brown and white. You could say that. Anyway. Um, so it's uh, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff for me. It's 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 humor. It's it's, it's uh, um, and I and I love that stuff. So uh, I don't know, just your thoughts on that. Uh, well, we know. Yeah, I know Dean will be here tomorrow. Dean's saying he'll be here tomorrow. And so with a co-host, at least if the guest doesn't show up, we could still have some banter back and forth. Well, it's just me. Yesterday, I spent two hours just me talking. Just me. Uh, that was not not fun. Uh, Dean said he spent that a year and a half there. You damn white people, get out! You white guy, get out of my country! You damn white guy. Now, I think when you were there, it wasn't like what it is now, though, Dean. Um, because now they are there is an influx. I mean, they're seeing. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's enough that they the entire country is concerned about it and they're making a big deal about it. Uh, I'm going to play Broken Borders right now. This is the song I was just talking about. Again, this is the exact argument that Lou Dobbs was making about keeping brown people out of our country, our country, from the perspective of the Native Americans who saw white people as an invasion to their land. It's called Broken Borders. It's kind of, I've been told by certain Native Americans uh, in poor taste or in bad respect of some of their uh, traditions, sacred headdress and things like that. I did not consider that when I made this video. Again, it's 20 years old. Uh, Not really uh, PC never been a politically correct person so to take that into so if you're a native american who's offended by this in any way please no i meant no disrespect to you or your people i was trying to uh, portray 
the uh, absurdities of white people thinking that we own this land and how dare people who are different than us come here. Called broken border theories. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free.
visit the world's largest Indian reservation, also known as the United States of America. <laughs> My biggest regret there, other than pissing off some Native Americans, my buddy Ralph, the guy who sounds like Andrew Dice Clay, um, I invited him out to my house to run the camera. Cause I was shot that all in my bedroom <laughs> 20 years ago. I invited him out to my house and asked him to run the camera for me. And I told him, because I had shaved the mustache off, if you, if you didn't notice, there's no mustache. And first time you probably see me without a mustache. But he did, even though I edited the video and probably could have left it out, he did get some extreme close-ups of the mole. <laughs> the mole that lives underneath my mustache, and it's huge. There's one shot in there where it's like the mole is dead center, and it takes up a good portion of the screen in the center. It is the focal point, at least for me. I can't look at anything other than the uh, mole, moly, 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 which has, seems to have a life of its own. Haven't heard from Jason Cruz yet. Well, I'm just going to assume he's uh, he's as young as he looks. Oh, somebody's in the background. It's Carl again. Yes, Carl. Wow. It's not the mole. It's not the mole that people are... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brave, right? right? That's... <laughs> you like me dancing in the... In the uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. I, it was it was. I haven't. Amazing, am, amazing. You're 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 a brave artist and a brave man. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, and you know what? When it came out, nobody even noticed because Lou Lou Dobbs was on CNN at the time when he was doing that whole shtick, and he didn't have high ratings, which is why he got fired. So I came out with that just as, and nobody even. And I, one guy got on me because the cinematography wasn't up to. He said, You got to check out Richard Harris in the movie uh, A Man Called Horse. It's like, I'm not trying to compete with feature films here. It's a fucking music video, dude. And I did it all yeah, in my I mean, bedroom. It's only, the, it's only the last six years that there's been a real clamp down, right? Yeah. <laughs> on that kind of thing. But yeah, it's one of the wildest things that I've seen on the internet this year. So thank you. I just had to. <laughs> God. Really? That's that's uh well, no, it's not, it's not, it's not. I've seen some wild shit. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? I think that because the well, it occurred to me while I was doing it that I didn't even have to really change anything. I could just use the words that the white Americans were using at the time and just use those exact same words and it all fit perfectly you know when when they come they're going to rape our sons and daughters corrupt our culture corrupt our language all that stuff that's all he was saying and it's it basically what we did to the what the white people did to the red people yeah well, the, other, the, the other has always been the target right it's the same whatever the other is you want some kind of separation with it's always like they're going to come and rape us and kill us they must have internet back in bisbee arizona because i see uh your your greatest fan uh thank you thank you sir tom from from such a legend of uh i don't know f photography I'd, I'd say a legend of photography now it means it yeah means well he's got a lot of, uh, a lot of lot to work with i mean the classic um <clears throat> culture that is in bisbee is a great landscape to be it's, a photographer it's, it's beautiful it's, it's um 
just just from probably not remembering everything right or i see a lot of tom's pictures and it reminds me the mountains the the colors it's a very colorful town a very yeah and you, you've been well. there you've been there right yeah i went there with my friend from tucson in yeah about six years ago yeah now I, i'm confused because i thought it was west of tucson it's east of tucson we're south for a start. It's definitely south. Yeah. And, I'm, and then I'm not sure if it may be a little bit east. I yeah, I, I thought it was there. between because my my nephew was born in Yuma, which is like right on the border of California. And I I, I know I traveled the road between Tucson and Yuma a lot. And I thought I might have passed through it. No, it's, 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 um, it's, it's southeast. Oh, southeast. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, this I never, is about, I don't know, I can't remember how many miles, but it's a 12 miles from the border or so of Mexico. So, yeah, it's yeah. southeast. How come you got small? You got smaller since the last time you were here a half hour yeah, ago. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out. I, because I unplugged everything. I've been moving, I'm moving furniture in here and moving everything around for later. So, this, I didn't have a chair last time I was in this room. So, your audio is way better than it usually is right now. Um, and it was well, before been in, too, today. I've or, been, in, yeah. been in Brazil for a long time. So, that's probably why. And I'm not using a mic. It's just going straight into the laptop. Um, tonight will be in the headphones. So, We'll see mm. what that's like. But, yeah, it's probably also I'm on really good Wi-Fi, so and I'm in the UK. Now, I, I, you didn't have time to put up your little backdrop thing there. That you, uh, it's still in my st- bag. It's, Moon it's, and uh, stars. Still in, I haven't unpacked from Brazil, so it's still somewhere wow. in this bag. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll see if I can get it up there later. Uh, so what were you saying to me over here in the chat? Was there some people from Mexico City, not the entire country? <laughs> no, I just, I just went. I didn't know anything about it, so I just, I just went, I just went to check. I was just pulling you up on your hyperbole. Oh yeah. But, um, no, it's it's an, it's a funny point, though, isn't it? To say, oh, well, yeah, there's now there's now Mexicans annoyed that you're in the country. Keep these Definitely. fucking gringos out of our country. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. In, in, in reality, though, the, the the businesses and the governments will like it because they're still spending money. They're not paying tax there, but they're they they're rich, right? It's rich folk coming in, buying uh buying meals, getting hookers. It's all good for the local economy. Uh, but even going say. to the STD clinic after after you've been with the hooker, you're paying for the meds as well. So bring it in. But yeah, I think people are people are mainly saying if you're coming in just because it's cheap, they don't like that. So yeah, if if you actually go in there, like, I mean, I would say. Well, when I was in Brazil, it's completely different, obviously. But I, I did live day to day, pretty Brazilian. You know, I wasn't there. I wasn't going to fucking. I'm sure there are plenty of US themed bars in Mexico City, and you know that do, that do burgers and shit. I, I was doing that stuff too, but also living like a Brazilian, going to the local stores, finding the local bars sometimes, and yeah, just getting getting stuck in there. I think I think they like that more because you you're actually interested in the culture rather than just going. Oh yeah, hiding yeah, away in a cheap apartment. Yeah. Did you face any gringo backlash in Brazil at all? Like, no, they fucking love it. They love it. There, there, there's always people. There's always people. There'll always be people who look at you, thinking, you know, you fucking. Because <laughs> they they look at all foreigners as being ripped, right? So I'm not rich, but I guess relatively, when I when I go to some parts of Brazil, I am. Which is when you got to start looking out for being shot. Um, but for the most part, if people know. Super nice people. So they, they, for the most part, if they know that you're struggling, they'll, they'll go out their way to help you. I had it in a supermarket, and I expected this young kid to be a bit shitty with me, but he was—he actually stood. Yeah, it was helpful. He spoke to the staff because my card wasn't going through, and he, he stayed with me. And I couldn't really understand him. It was quite at the beginning of the trip, but um, he made sure that I could get my stuff and all that. So, 
Are you going to stay in, in where you are now for a while, or are you going to go back there? Or I'm not going back there for a while, although I probably will at some point, and not for as long. Um, where I am now, <clears throat> well, I've chosen the place where I'm going to live in terms of the town, I think. So I'm going to start looking for a place about an hour from here. And uh, see, I, you know, I once I got a taste of that life, I could never go back to a place where they have real winters. In 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 London, there you have real winter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dece- December, January, February, you can get minus seven, you can get one snow ice here as well, especially because where I was living before, it never really snowed, but in this area, it snows like a motherfucker. You get two or three feet. Um, I could never go back. Once I got a taste of 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 paradise, I don't know. It'd be a tough. A well, tough... I'll I'll probably take a trip in in our winter in this. It'll be their summer then as well. So I'll probably will take a trip in December, January, or February. I don't know how long for. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of stuff on. Like next week, I'm supposed to be in Edinburgh. I've got to organise that. Still, it's kind of organised. Um, I was thinking about hopefully coming to the US at some point. So I I could I could, on one level, not get anywhere that permanent here for a while and just get maybe a, a, another temporary place and just travel a bit because I can go to other places right and as long as I can live fairly ch- cheaply I can stay wherever for a while for the most a lot of countries allow me to stay for three months straight off the bat so I could do that so I don't know I'm up in the air about that I'll know more about that in the next few weeks but um, yeah. yeah you no. still want to come to the US in October but I just I need to I need to do some serious planning because obviously it'll be more expensive there anyway. So whether I cut, if I can come, whether it'd be for two weeks or three or four or whatever it is, I need to. I want to run away from New York before October. I'm having some. um, Of course. I'm having some issues here, but I I definitely want to go to uh, Austin in October to go uh, to altercation and cover that. And then, you know, uh, Tom had mentioned and I, you know, I appreciate him mentioning this, but I think Henry Henry Phillips would have been open to me approaching him about being on the program again. But I've been kind of putting it off, hoping to do something live with him for the program in October. And I, if I get there, I'm sure Henry would be open to that. Tom says, uh, I post enough pictures of Bisbee for some fans of Stanhopes who will probably never get to actually see Bisbee in person can enjoy them. I then post enough more so that you don't need to move here. Um <laughs> I would never move. As, as charming as it is, I would never move to uh, any place. And I've lived in New Mexico and uh, Las Cruces for a, a while. I never moved that close to the border because, and I know it's not real, but I still have this phobia of killer bees coming and getting me if I'm that far down south. Killer bisbee bees. A killer, killer bees. The killer bee, like the killer bees, understand where the border is, and they're just waiting over the Mexican border till Napo gets there. And once Napo gets there, they're gonna come and fucking attack. That's what I said. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think I'd struggle. Like, I didn't realize at the, at the altitude, I'd struggle with that longer term, and also it being a, still, it's still a desert. It gets cold. Gets. Um, I, I think I would still struggle as, as well in, in, a, in a place like that, sort of longer term. But it's a be- it's a beautiful town. A beautiful town, um, and there Tom does a great job of, of the pictures. That yeah, most people would never see it. Why um, did you go there? Because I had a friend in Tucson, and I was flying out to see them anyway. Um, and they, I, I, we were just talking about Arizona, and they mentioned Bisbee, and I said, "Oh, Bisbee, there's a, there's a comic that that lives down there." And she goes, "Well, I, I go there 
she used to come down every year for the Halloween ball of Bisbee. It's at the Grand Hotel or something like that. So she goes, when you come out, we'll drive down. It's two hours. Um, and that was it, just to show me around. So that was the only reason we stopped at Tombstone. Fairly, like I said before, it's fairly cool seeing all the recreation of the cowboy shit. And then, then at break, they pick up a big Slurpee and an iPhone in the full cowboy gear. Um, so it's, that was good to see as well. But yeah, it's just interesting at the time just going there and I, I went because yeah my friend she, she's now in phoenix actually um but she said i'll oh, come out and we'll 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 drive down for the two hours for two or three days and that, that's what we did so yeah wow. uh have you been following any of stan hope's uh 30 days in a hall uh so, um, not, nothing nothing up to date i caught the last 20 seconds of the live one and then i went back and watched a few um i'm not i'm like a week or so behind i guess um it's just yeah a time thing to sit down and watch stuff but yeah i've been i've been keeping an eye on it but i'll, I'll have another binge probably later uh, this week. I, I shared uh the one from this morning to my facebook page because for a lot of my friends don't even know who doug stanhope is and yeah. so uh, I, that was such an unusual it doesn't really show who he it kind of a, it, it, he's doing a little bit of acting in it and but uh Obviously, he fell off the cigarette wag wagon a little bit. He was traveling or something on in, in planes and whatever, and that could cause you to kind of want to smoke a cigarette or whatever. But uh, he's doing a little bit of acting in it, so I posted it for some of my friends to get get because they don't. I don't know why there are uh, comedians at at his level that a lot of my friends don't even know, have never heard of. Uh, but he's or, not he's not he's not that fa he's not that famous he's not outside of outside of people who like comedy he's just he's just not people most people don't know most comedians right most people don't honestly don't know most comedians there are plenty of people who don't know who bill Burr is there are plenty you know it, it, it's, it's weird it's always weird to me because i follow it but yeah it, it's but Sandhope was big in the UK when he did that BBC stuff, so he right? Got, People... Yeah, he got on um, a TV show, and that's probably how he got it. was on um, Charlie Brooker's, I think it was, he's changed the name over the years, but I think it was Week, it might have been Weekly Wipe or something. Um, but yeah, he had a segment on there, and that's how most people became aware of him. But he still hasn't been on TV here for a long time. So unless you're a comedy fan, you're not. You're still not going to be aware of the comics. You know? Most people don't watch comedy at all, and the ones who do don't watch everyone. There are plenty of comics... I know comedians that don't know who he is. Wow. And that's always that, wild. I was like, thinking about his yeah. segments on the BBC because those were short, and I it. But you it still looked, might not have known that he was a comic. You still might not have known. I think Brooke right. always said U.S. comics stand. It was like Voice of America, right? And you, it, it was kind of like a Daily <laughs> Show correspondent type of thing where he would just. Uh, and I think he had complete. It looks. You can't know without being part of it. But it looks like he had complete autonomy on that. And that gave me an idea or inspiration for what I'd want to do for this nighttime show is get some real, not Stanhope, but people who are on that level in, in comedy and saying, listen, if you could pr produce two minutes uh, and name your price, you have complete autonomy to produce. Do, two do what you want. Do make something funny. That's it. Yeah. I think yeah, I could get somebody like on Brendan Walsh's. Like, Brendan loves being creative like that. If I just said, "You name your price. You tell me. Uh, you, you, I got two minutes. Can you fill it? Give me a price for that." Uh, I think he would be on board with something like that. And people in that on that level. 
Yeah, to... why why not why not ask? I think that's what it from what I've heard about the background of that, I think that's what it was as well. And it got to the point where even Stanhope, what well, can we do it local? Sure. Can we do it at the, the um Bisbee Airport? Sure. So I think he was sat on a sofa on the runway of the, the local airport, I think. Yeah. yeah. Local um airfield, I think. Right. And yeah. that was um yeah, it was, it was always the segment was always I'm Doug Stanhope and that's why I drink. And then he would yeah. do a bit or a rant for two or three right. minutes. And it was great. Something from great. That, that trailer park that's out there, whatever the shady Dell or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I I can't imagine. It seems like to me that would be a dream gig. Listen, somebody was saying, no bullshit. You have no bosses, no censors, nobody to fuck with. You name your price and you could do whatever you want comedically. You're c- got complete and great creative control. <clears throat> Why not? <laughs> Why not? You know. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a good idea if you're going to do something something a bit different as well. I'd like, to, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to do stuff like that in the future as well, you know. But yeah, I think you could get some proper comics to uh, to record something, even if it, yeah, just say one minute, two minute, whatever, whatever you negotiate. Go, yeah, we'll give you some money, we'll pay you, give us a little something yeah. funny. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, so you know, I, I think that might work. I think that might be something. Yeah. I, I and I'm still I'm still putting together budgets for that. Now I you I don't know if you caught the very beginning of the show before you and Jamie just got here. Oh, uh, uh, talking governors is having some live events and to feature go. the host from Gov's podcast on it. And I'm gonna I I'm think I'm gonna get some stage time. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do uh, in front of a massive crowd that is there to see concerts at Jones Beach, uh, which is like a biggest concert venue on Long. I know. So uh, you remember by design, it's by design with Stanhope. Uh, you know that's unusual in itself that it would be by design to stay below the radar because <laughs> that's why he moved it. That's why he moved out of LA, right? He just, he just wanted to get his own get his own core fans that he can rely on to buy tickets once a year, or every two years. It's a great design, podcast. but not everybody could make it work financially because you have to have at least some kind of foundation behind you to be able. Well, he's to an cut. incredibly talented writer and performer, right? That's the, if you see him live and you like comedy, you should you should want to go and see him. Yeah, not everyone does because people have taste, but you you know enough people will because he is obviously brilliant yeah yeah uh, yeah i you know imagine seeing him in like in like one of those like the venue i mentioned before that's like a 30 seater in like the place in scarsdale um that would be like in in, in total different experience than like seeing him in like sony well, i'm pretty sure when i saw him in the last tour it was must have been yeah it's in a small club so 300 seater i think um yeah. maybe they put a few more seats in for it i can't remember i knew i knew all the staff there though i got a good seat um but yeah it would have been a few hundred but yeah 30 to 70 that's what the um i think the belly room at the comedy store is about 80 people 70 wow. to 80 and that um that kind of place a low ceiling you just dark very intimate that's proper comedy for me because you, you 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 really are on top of it you're on top of the comic they're on top of you and you really are sort of influencing each other, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? It, it's, it's an interesting uh, little thing to kind of look at different kind of venues. Again, you know, the, the how do you get the uh, big names to play small places like that? The, the <clears> financial <throat> part of it is a, is a difficult thing. But it, to me, it's fascinating to see somebody in an intimate setting like that. I had a friend who saw the Rolling Stones in a 
uh, in a place like that. Wow. Uh, you know, small, I think 90 seat theater or something. Well, bands um, will do it. Bands will do it here. Well, that's normally with a radio station, right? So they'll they'll do like we're doing an intimate gig for Radio X or whatever. It's yeah. one of the big sort of music stations here, and they'll get a they'll do a competition or, or a guest list only thing. Or they'll get a hundred people in a room, and they'll get a big artist in the room. Um, so I'd love to go to something like that as well. Even you know someone way below Rolling Stones, but yeah, it just it makes everything different, I think. And I think the performers like it as well because. Especially if they've got big, you know, if right. you're an arena or theatre comic or um, or a musician, then, you, you know, I'm sure every now and then go back and do a smaller room. A lot of comics that do theatres tend to keep doing clubs anyway because yeah. they still like working out in those in those rooms. Even if it's a two or three hundred seater, it's not five thousand. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm three hundred for me is probably the best. Co- three to five hundred is like a really good comedy, like a, a decent amount of people. But the in, the more intimate ones are, are something different as well. I think. I'm looking for this uh, video to see if I can show you what his new club looks like. Oh, this girl he's going to have there is like the hardest looking fucking female uh, comedian I've ever seen. Now, I my opinion on that is a woman if she's too good looking, it's it's hard for me to not. It's hard for me to concentrate on comedy if she's that hot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Here, I have a video. I want to show you this this small club. Now, it looks on... You know what? With the lights off, it looks uh, bigger than it is, if that makes any sense at all. But it it doesn't look it's yeah, it doesn't pictures, look like it's there. pictures can be very deceptive anyway. If, if you know if it's good lighting and a good stage and stuff, you can look like a, a bigger place. But, but. I don't know if you could see this here. Well, yeah. That's not wait here. This is what I want to do. Keep it to yourself. It's their time. They're going to say oh, yeah. things you don't like. That's okay too. We agree. That's very narrow. But you can see how small it is there. I mean, that's beautiful. I know we got people from all over the Northeast. Who here's from New York State? Woo! Anyway, anyone from New York City? Keep it to yourself. It's their time. They're gonna. All right, you can end that. Yeah, small room. It's a bit. It's a bit. Those rooms are a little bit not not because of the size, but he's got way more people to the left and a couple to the right. Right, a couple in front. Yeah, I think you only have like. 10 feet in front of you or 15 feet in front of you which is weird like so you got to play to your sides a little bit it's weird that the stage isn't at the end of the room but i guess there's probably a reason i didn't see the layout maybe there's a bar there or something but yeah no the bar is on all the way on the other side of the wall so it's a weird club but scarsdale is scarsdale's a uh money town it's uh upper class uh upper middle class or um, upper class people, so I'm not welcome in that town. Of course, I'm just too. I look poor. I'm not. I'm not welcome there. Like my neighborhood, I'm not welcome here. But uh, unfortunately, um, they can't force me out just yet. They're trying. If you no, come look, here, they'll win. I look quite homeless. I look homeless quite a lot. You know, I'm, I'm out on about. Sometimes I try and smarten myself up, but a lot of the times I look like the town I'm in now is. Um, it's got everything from multi-million dollar pound houses to scumbags <laughs> so it's got both um and everything in between so you can go into some areas and people will be looking out the window and what's he doing down there yeah so yesterday i ran um rent the spot for uncle vinny's comedy club in in pennsylvania connecticut and new jersey mostly new jersey in uncle vinny's is in new jersey but we're talking about 
the people that are being there. Now, uh, Joey Diaz is sold out, and uh, they are completely sold out. And for like three nights, they added a night, selling out again that night. And they don't take any kind of like waiting list if anything should open up or anything like that. That I didn't know he was that that huge that he would sell out places like overnight, like in snap of a finger, announce another night and quickly all sell out. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a big audience. He has he has for years. I mean, he stopped doing stand up about two years ago, and then has vaguely sort of stepped back into it. But I think he was convinced to get back into it a couple of months back properly. I think so. It looks like he's revving up um to to go out properly i don't don't know if he'll ever tour on the road i don't know what he's what he wants to do but he's you know he's might change the way that he does or how much he does but yeah people are people happy to see him he's 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 had a good audience for a while i gotta admit i don't think i've ever i'm just trying to remember if i've ever seen even video of him doing stand-up i've seen like on the man show i've seen him doing like clips that he was included in like you know the dance. There's old clip there's old clips on youtube and he's done a couple of specials um he's never been happy with the specials that he's done for various reasons he was on a degenerates compilation on netflix where you give comics half hours or maybe they was it a half hour or 50, 20 minutes i don't know there were shorter sets anyway but people like bobby kelly and stuff have been on them they're legit comics um that still do hours were on them as well. Um, and he, he wasn't happy with, with his, his set. I, I quite liked it. Um, he did another one. There was a, did Stanhope do something on this? There was another organization that popped up and went away within months. I think Stanhope did one of his specials on it and the, the company collapsed. Um, I can't remember what it was called. The logo was yellowish, but he did a special on there and that company folded. You can still find it around. Um, yeah, I think I think from what I hear about him and people that know him and see him live a lot, the best way for Diaz would be to film, just film almost without him knowing that it's being filmed right. and film for four or five nights and pull a special out of that because I think, I think be... when it, filming stand-up, is we, it's weird, especially a special because you know there are cameras there. Cameras change everything. When you know the cameras are there, it changes things. It's a Definitely. different thing. And the comics that can do it, someone like Bill Burr that can be without the cameras in a smaller venue, bigger venue, and the cameras are there, and he's just the same. He's just the same. It's way more impressive than people realise because there's a different thing, especially if, if it's a special that you're paying for, that you've paid $150,000 for, yeah. or, or big companies invested in you, so now the pressure's on, on Netflix are paying for this. What if I bomb? You know, you shouldn't have those sorts, but most comics tour for 20, 25 years and they don't film anything. Although now, I guess you film more of your own sets, but... You got comics who have been in the game for for three months filming specials. Don't get me fucking started. There's one here. There's, I can't say any names, but there's one here who thinks very highly of himself. He basically he he got in the town that he always performs at that he was on the high council of, and he run loads of nights there and creeps to him, and he sold tickets to uh, to his friends. Um, basically begged them to buy tickets and go and see him. And he recorded a special in a pub. Um, and I'm not going to say any more because yeah. I don't care personally, but it's just, you know. Yeah, no. It, but he's releasing a special in October. And let, it might be brilliant, but I've seen him and he, it might not be. Yeah, you know <laughs> what? The universe not. will take care of that. The universe will take care of the, the you know, reality will take. Because I had a friend who, who he was 
50 years old before he decided to try comedy. But he had a, and he still does, a huge network of friendships and family. And his first night out, first comedy performance ever, uh, brought 500 people to a club where there were, and there were 10 other comics that he put on the bill with him. And he made it like he was the headliner, like a very first time out and had a bunch of successful comedians. They all came out. Nobody was really there for them. They were there for the, the guy who was his first time out, 500 people applauding like crazy, going crazy. And the stuff was not even like borderline amateur. It was very that's, amateur. That's the danger then, isn't it? So then, but the thing is, there's so many grifts available to people now. You can probably, not you can't sustain a, an annual salary from that, but you can. It might help you get better gigs because it, if you can say, "Look, I sell out. I, this is me selling out this room of three hundred people. This is another time I did it," and you do that a few times a year. There are comics that grift that way, and then they can get themselves on a little circuit or even private gigs, um, the corporate gigs and stuff from that stuff, uh, and they yeah. can sustain themselves on it. And it could help you get get successful because. Although I would worry that you haven't tried the material out in front of, in front of, um, you know. But yeah. a lot of people who go and watch comedy are idiots as well. You you can you can probably there's there, there is certain crowds that you can just shout and swear without really trying hard and they'll laugh. So I don't know. It's it, there's are there are ways to grift it, but you won't get the respect of other comics in it. I don't think it's a sustainable, long term thing. I don't think it is either. That's why I was saying the universe will take care of him because that guy is, he he did two more shows after that and then his friends had seen him three times now and they're not going to keep coming out and they were like, okay. Yeah, but it's, it, if you've got a pound of your friends, they don't want to keep, people have got lives and you don't, they want to keep helping their friends. You help your friend once or twice, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. All right, um, I'm saying bye to Govs. Bye, Govs. Goodbye, Govs. Um, yeah, so the universe will take care of that guy and, and, and whatever, but... um. So, but, but coming back to Joey Diaz, you were a, f- a fan of his podcast, right? When he, when it was out in LA, when he was doing uh, yeah, whatever. I, 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 I found a lot of that that bunch of guys about six or seven years ago, and I, I yeah, I just listen. I always, I always listen to Diaz Church. What's happening now? I think it was called Irish Affairs Podcast and Duncan Trussell's podcast. Although that's a that's a mind fuck. So now I listen to that like once a year. Now he had a little guy, guy you kind of compared me on edibles to that guy when he, a guy who was his like sidekick, a little, a little half a comedian. He, he guy. had a very nice, very nice young man called Lee, Lee Syatt who got very, very high, and then got very, very fat, and then in the last couple of years has actually got very, very thin. Well, very, very comparatively thin. Um, but to, so yeah. did, when Joey went to Jersey, did he just leave that guy there? And that guy's like, because that was his life, right? His his livelihood was being well, Joey. They, as... I was watching it a lot of that time. No, they had a big conversation and they're friends. And it, it, Diaz said to him, it's better for you to go and do your own thing. Because he was starting, Lee Syatt was starting stand-up at the time. And he was starting to get into that. And he was get he got so fat towards the end of that that he didn't want to be on camera anymore for the last year. It was quite sad. And like Diaz said to him, I'm going to go to Jersey. You need to go and do your own thing. And he did. And he set up a couple of other podcasts that he's lost weight. I think he quit stand up, but he's still doing his podcasts and stuff. And he, yeah, he's, he's Joey has him on now every now and then. Oh, I, I did not know that. I yeah. saw one episode where Rogan was on. 
and Rogan seemed to be generally annoyed by Lee Syatt. Like he he was he did not like like he was talking Rogan was talking with Joey Diaz that going back and forth and every time uh Lee Syatt said something, Rogan would look at him like, Why are you even button in here? This is me and Joey, you know. <laughs> that I, think, kind I think of... it happens a lot. Well, I think it happens a lot when someone else goes in. I think Stan Hope brought Hennigan with him once. And he was like, Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay used to have a guy like that with him all the time. I know. Remember when he did Howard Stern? He used to bring a, a little guy like that. <laughs> always little guys. No, I, can't, um, I can't. I can't. I can't remember that. But um, yeah, you know, it's, I think more than more than that, it's just that you want to focus on something. I don't. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's probably a little bit distracting yeah. as well. And probably Mr. Sight was very nervous. But he's um, no, he seems like a nice kid, you know. But they just got very very high on that podcast. Like I said, two three thousand milligrams. Thousand, thousands. They used to eat two hundred and fifty milligrams stars of death, and they Diaz. When it becomes thousands, it's no longer milligrams; it's grams. Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, but saying thousands sounds better, right? Four grams, or wow, yeah, wow. But there's some videos of them just, and then guests would come on, like uh, Sarah Tiana, I think Owen Benjamin once, and a couple of others would take take one of these things. And they they would have to leave or they'd fall asleep mid podcast. It was just like a wild yeah. a wild time. But yeah, the, the way the way it, these new Joey Diz new podcasts, it's, it started out very rough and he couldn't really use the equipment. But now he's hired a new guy to help him out and he's it's looking better, sounding better, and he has good guests on. Um, it's a different thing. It's not the same. He's not getting wasted on it. Yeah. Uh, and he's older. You know, he's he's knocking. I don't know if he's knocking sixty or he's around there. He was a big guy for a long time, so you know. Now let me yeah. ask you a question here. Uh, I know um, you you got things to do, and the show's almost over anyway. But um, if you were doing what I'm doing on the morning here, and guess you put it out there for comedians that you're doing this, and guess write to you saying they want to be on the show, they ask you for permission to be on the show, you send them an invite, and then they don't show up as often as they do. Would you be a dick? Because I'm I'm borderline. I'm, I've never been as much as a dick I, I can be at times <coughs> in life. I've been polite about, oh, don't worry, we can reschedule. At some point, would you start to be a dick about it and say, you asshole, will you fuck me I think you've had a lot of different people doing it once, right? I think it was if it is the same person doing it three times or twice. I had it with, I had it with someone I did a podcast with, and we were supposed to do the old Jamie, basically. And uh, <laughs> he was a fucking nightmare to pin down. I still love him. I don't see him very often now, but um, he was an absolute nightmare. And it's like, are we podcasting tomorrow? Maybe. That would be the answer. Uh, three o'clock, don't know. And then the day something's come, you always shift in everything, but that's slightly different. If it's a guest, yeah, the first the problem is if you have a hundred of them do it and it, but it's the first time, I don't know if I, it would be annoying because it's happened a hundred times. But if it's one, if it's a unique person each time, <laughs> it's not really. I think yeah, everyone only one guy one has time, done it right? twice, but it seems to be the young ones more more so than yeah, and uh, isn't it more often the West Coast guys as well? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if they're getting in from stand-up at 3 a.m., or maybe they shouldn't have agreed to come on a 7 a.m. show. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, they shouldn't have. They asked. They didn't agree. They asked for it. I basically put out what, what it was, and they, yeah. yeah it, would, it, it, would, it, would, it would be easier if, um, obviously, you stopped doing it. But when you had that afternoon show, that's the time to get the West Coast ones, right? Because it's 9 a.m., 10 a.m., or whatever it was. Um, but it's... 
it's that's not your fault if you if you advertise in that seven or eight a.m. slot, whatever it is in LA, and they need to come on. If they agree to it, then yeah, you, you should be you should be it's doing really, it. The it's days, really hard to keep talking. Radio show. Yeah. Yeah, in the old so, days, you call into a morning radio show, and even a comic, a name comic on tour, tour would have to go in or phone in at five six a.m. to Johnny and fucking Pete or whatever, whatever the radio show would be. Don't yeah. Bob and Bob and Joe, I think. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob well, and there were Bob tons of them, right? And they're Bob less and, and less necessary these days because of the internet. But Bobby I'm and sure Joey, Bobby and Joey, Tim, Sam and Sam and Phil. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. Well, it's the dog and Jess show. Now, I would love, I would love it if I could get like Jess to be the full time co host, but she's an LA person too. So, <clears throat> is she doing weekly for a while? Uh, she, she, I, she, the way we left it is she, she has an open invite for every Friday. She'll let me know the Thursday night before the night before if she can make it, and I'll send her the link. But she's got. Yeah, she's open. um. Doesn't she go out for auditions and stuff? Yep. Yeah, it's a yeah. fucking. That that sounds like a whole nightmare. And it does a lot of that's very last minute, isn't it? Like we've got an audition, we can go tomorrow. Right. We uh, want to do a live Zoom call. That's how, how they're doing them now. It's like, yeah, are you available tomorrow morning at nine o'clock for a? Yeah, that's a, true. You don't even need to go in for a lot of them now. But yeah, so that whole world sounds like well, great, yeah. brave, a brave thing to get into. Um, but uh, yeah, seems seems yeah. good. But yeah, that sounds good that you can get her on fairly regular. I really enjoyed the last show that I saw with you and her. It was I was in Brazil. I don't really remember what day. Maybe two weeks ago. Maybe last week. Yeah, um, I like the fact that you know what. Because uh, when I were talking about Hinkley with her, she said, I, and I said, basically, uh, he, he shot Reagan. She goes, he he shot Reagan? And he died? I was like, <laughs> no, did you hear about Reagan getting assassinated? No. Uh, it, <laughs> it's just funny because, you know, you think of millennials, it's ancient history to them. It's like, for, for you and me, it would be like... Or, or for me, anyway. Yeah, well, people like, don't know. I mean, I only know. I only really know that. Well, I had I had history books when I was a kid because I was a bit of a nerd. But then now, now I just listen to a lot of. Um, I've listened to that the Louis C.K. thing where he did with Matt and Shane, where they did talk about all the presidents, and I kind of always knew about Reagan. And there was an attempt on Clinton, which a lot of people don't remember. They shot his car, right? But he had a bullet. By then, they realized, let's give the president a bulletproof bulletproof car. Yeah. But like you, you grew up knowing about knowing about Neville Chamberlain, didn't you? I mean, because that's to me like not knowing about Ronald Reagan. Growing up, not being educated about Ronald Reagan in high school or something is equivalent to like you going to uh, high school twenty years ago to whatever it was, and they're not teaching you about Winston Churchill and Neville. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, I mean, we, we had, we had. I, I, my memory for British history is fucking terrible now, and because I've got older. Some some people. Foreigners will ask me questions that I don't fucking know. And they're like, what? Why don't you know this about your country? I've just forgotten. I've just forgotten it. Um, but yeah, we, we got taught about Churchill and um, various, yeah, fame, whatever prime minister had made certain laws, you know, people when they set up the health service, all that kind of stuff. Um, you learn about all that as a basic thing. Most people remember it. But I don't know. But it's also harder for young people to retain shit, right? Because of TikTok. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> short, everything's short attentions, man. But if, if you I make mean, TikTok I, videos about presidents, they would remember. Well, that's interesting. Somebody was talking about uh, 
I wanted to start a shit on Twitter, and I'm trying not to start shit on Twitter, but somebody in politics was saying something. George Washington would be an AK-47 carrying uh, patriot or whatever. And I was like, man, we got to get Brendan Walsh on this. I got to – I want Brendan to, to respond as George Washington, but that, that would yeah, that be good. Me. Also, when are you, you going to stop fighting on Twitter? Because I see it every day. <laughs> yeah. Every well, day I'm like, ah, oh, just don't do it to yourself. Because for me, the reason I don't do it, right, it's just it's just mental energy. It's just I can't. No, you're right. You're right. That, uh, so and that's then, why then I blocked Tinkley because I was arguing with him and uh, not arguing <laughs> with him, arguing with his fans. It's like, like, but then I, then it it, it, it it seems I don't know if you would know more, but for for me looking at you you with that stuff, it's like it then follows in to the next day and then maybe even for later on and then you're talking about it on the show and then the next so it's in your head yeah, like yeah. about these people that you hate <laughs> yeah. and then how much i think i used to do it as well but i've never really got into twitter fights so what i tend to do if someone is shitty to me i'll like their tweet because then i think they don't know what to do i've not blocked them i've not done anything it's just like it yeah <laughs> I've, muted, I did I've, that. Muted a few, I've muted a few people and i've blocked one or two i think for that but yeah, for the most part, I don't engage with people. Yeah, that's my new policy. I will, I will say whatever I feel like, and if somebody starts like criticizing it or coming back looking for an argument, I'm just not going to give yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, me. if it's a fair, if it's a fair, if it's a fair point, I would probably, you could acknowledge, you don't have to, but I can go, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. We'll argue, still disagree. But yeah, a lot of this, a lot of these topics are really emotive, right? So people aren't. <laughs> It's not like two people sat across from a table talking about it. It's right. You know, they're just and, using the worst. Some of the times, usually, it's not a fair. It's almost never a fair point with me because, like, what the one guy most recently who wanted to argue with me, I was making a joke about people who are obsessed with saying Jesus wasn't white. It's like <coughs> you don't, you don't even know he fucking existed. What different? He could be anything. If you're making him up, he could be anything in your mind. And this guy just wanted to go on about, well, isn't that make it even more likely that he was not white? I think you're missing the entire point here. Yeah, that's man. that's weird to be. I've I've said that occasionally just because I, I think mainly because it does annoy really hardcore Christians. Like if they talk about Jesus or something, good, why why it's a, it's a, it's hack now anyway. I think yeah, at yeah. some point it used to be yeah you know you know that guy wasn't probably probably wasn't six foot two and white right. Right. <laughs> well, why aren't we arguing with King Arthur? Was King Arthur not white? I mean, we could basically just we can pick any like imaginary historical figure and just yeah, say. Well, I, think, I think even even the um all that King Arthur stuff. I think that that was based on a French story. I think, as far as yeah. I know, so a lot of that stuff. Saint George, the, the patron saint of England, was from fucking. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck it up. He's from the Middle East somewhere. I thought Arthur was was based on several different. People. I think pro- probably several different things, but the castle was definitely based on a French. It was a French, uh, a French story about uh, you know the Round Table and all that stuff. But I don't know for sure whether that's true. I don't fucking know. A lot of this stuff was just different things that were brought together. That's maybe what some I mean. So we could come out and say uh, King Arthur was actually a Mexican. Yeah, his name was. Uh, I, I can't think. Of, I Pedro Gonzalez. Pedro Gonzalez is like I was bringing that up yesterday. There's got to be a billion Pedro Gonzalez's walking on the planet. Now. Yeah, and in Brazil, everyone's <laughs> called De, Sil- De Silva or something. Pedro. Oh yeah, yeah right, right. They, well, they take their they take their mother's name and their father's name, and that becomes a second name. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so it's like if your names, um, I'm trying to think of people that I don't know to give out their real names, but if if you have someone that's I don't know, Josanna 
Ferreira da Silva, it'll be your mother's Ferreira and your father's da Silva. That's why when you see football teams from Brazil, they're all called da Silva or uh, what some other common surname, Dos Santos or something. Uh, you know, Jose Silva, I think he was Brazilian, right? Jose Silva, the Silva mind control guy. Uh, Silver mind control. Silver mind control. I I used to I caused like a lot of havoc on my old radio show with just uh, I just picked that name out of a hat and was was trying to tell people that silver mind control. I was like doing it, Alex Jones. Silver mind control is an evil plot, a satanic plot to take over the planet. Uh, and, and people who were into silver mind control at that time were taking me seriously. Were uh, all over the place. I mean, like attacking me and stuff. Before the internet, that was before the internet. Yeah, but so. it's just too. It's just any and any um any emotive issue. It's that you know I you know you know you're not going to get sensible responses, and for the most part, they're never going to change their mind until the, until they until some of them do. But it'll be on their own. It'll be when they've made a massive mistake, or you know, with the COVID thing, with people saying it wasn't real and then dying of COVID, or their dad dies of it, and then they go, "Oh God, I wish, I wish uh, I'd taken it seriously." Not that taking sides on that really, but. Even a lot of the Trump thing, right? When people were getting really into um, really hardcore on the QAnon thing. And then afterwards, when it didn't happen, you saw some people just like crying. <laughs> and I don't think you should necessarily, obviously you do, but I mean us, but I don't yeah. think you should necessarily like just laugh at them because it's like, yeah, they were fucking fully in. <laughs> now their whole world has just come down. Their reality's just crashed down. But then some, <laughs> some of the extra crazy ones, you know, went, went to wait for was it Robert Kennedy coming back or JFK coming back or one of JFK, them? JFK Jr. Yeah, you're always going to have the the extreme ones are always going to keep it going. I John mean, John just getting worse and worse and worse. Well, John John, I believe John John died the same weekend that that uh, Princess Diana died. If I have that right. correctly, I think yeah, it was like the end of August in 1997, 98, or whatever it was. Yeah, because I think Diana was over that weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's right around crash? my birthday. That's how I know. <laughs> was it a plane yeah. crash? Yeah. Oh, I, they said um, it was in July. In July, really? Oh, hang on. Wow. No, maybe this is maybe this was the date of an article. Sorry. Oh, July sixteenth, yeah. ninety nine. Really? I thought it was in, in the end of August. I know he was trying. He was flying. He was a pilot, but a beginning pilot. The first time I think flying solo. And he was going without navigation stuff and trying. And I think he just got lost. It not really ran out of gas over the ocean. It's difficult for yeah. I mean, like the Kobe Bryant thing. I know it was a helicopter, but it was just you can make mistakes. Even if you're experienced, you can make mistakes. But your first solo flight, I, I'm not risking anything. That you're doing everything by the book, right? But yeah. You, yeah, you can because you have you have uh, I can't remember the acronyms, but you get a visual. A visual confirmation, which is basically look out the window and look for the mountain, or you get your te your um, instrument stuff, so you rely on the radar, right? And you yeah. should just be looking at that. When you're close to land, you should be looking out the window. Um, yeah, I think with the Kobe thing, it was just he thought he was higher than he was. Yeah, That's it. He thought he was higher than he was, and he and it was those mountains between LA and Malibu, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just drove. Yeah, misty. There's no, there's no visibility, so you've got to rely on your instruments, and you have to, you have to remember maybe because you go an altimeter, which is analog, right? So you must, he must have thought whatever five thousand feet that he was at was enough to clear the direction that he was in. Yeah. I don't know. 
Um, we got to kind of, I got to kind of wrap this up, but you, uh, just be, before I do, cause you got me thinking about this. I remember probably sometime in the eighties, there was an ultralight craze where people were buying their own homemade kits and making airplanes in their garages and flying them around the neighborhood. And there was one guy flying around my neighborhood and we watched him crash cause they didn't get up that high. But they were a guy crashed right in front of us. He didn't kill himself, but he could have. But the paranoia was that we got people flying all over the neighborhood that are inexperienced pilots. They're gonna fuck up innocent people by just crashing into them. And a couple about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I saw on Facebook that they have these self-made drone kits, like like several drones that are put together that you can actually sit in and operate it like a drone. And that's yeah. the same thing on a more dangerous level. But and you I don't need any pilot's license or any training. Yeah, in, in the next 10 years, I think you're going to see with technology getting better and better, cheaper and cheaper, you're going to see more of these possibilities and something has to be done to regulate it, right? Not that I like government regulation, but something... You can't, you can't have, just have people flying. It's like the idea of a flying car, right? From Back to the Future or something. It looks fucking great. Cool. It must be really cool. But now you imagine there's a million cars flying through the towers <laughs> over LA. And one of them just lands on you. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's just, it just isn't good. And people can't drive on the ground without hitting things or each other. Oh, it's like but, sunflower season here. And I'm going like crazy with the allergies with it because... Uh, it's like Ukraine with the sunflowers here. It's just like crazy people with sunflower farms forever. It's full of, full of, um, so that's why I'm rubbing my eye with my middle finger here like this. Anyway, uh, thanks for being here and saving this, uh, whatever this was. Um, you and Jamie. I came back in to laugh at the Native American video, but it's good to stay on. I need came, to do came in to laugh about. A bit about the broken borders <laughs> video. <laughs> uh, I don't know what got into my head at that point to get all dressed up, you know. Halloween costume Indian. I know it was offensive to, to. I'm sorry. It happened. It was a long time ago. That's why I don't think Kimmel should have ever apologized for two something 20 years ago. You know, it happened. No one cared at the time. It got through multiple levels of executive sign off. Yeah. Let's just not do it again and move on. Yeah, cool. All right, get out of here. I'm going to get out of here, too. I'm getting gigs coming in. I have a gig today that just came in on a text I got to get to later today. It's like that kind of season where, can you do a gig today? Can you do one Friday night? Yeah, okay, whatever. All right, I'll see you later. Bye, thanks for coming. See you later, bye. This is a good podcast right now. Okay, see you. The fabulous Carl Mann of Man and Men and Men of Man and Men, Men, Men and Man. Of of men mankind, is we are all mankind. Anyway, um, that's the show for today. I uh, do have a show tonight. Now you're gonna want to check this. Uh, check this out. I can remember. Let me get his his name right. Uh, I know it's Sandy Eric. I think it is last name. His first name. Uh, Eric Sandy. Yes, he's got a book out called The King of Miami. It's a memoir. And it is uh, said to be a cross between Scarface and the movie Blow. I mean, he, he obviously was a uh, cocaine dealer, cocaine, massive amounts of cocaine and guns and stuff like that in Miami. Should be an interesting program. If you're into that kind of culture and finding out about what the life of a uh, Miami drug kingpin is like, check it out on the Mind Dog TV podcast tonight that's the show for you today i gotta get to a gig thanks for coming always remember to turn on your radio and bye for now
me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me.